You're listening to Rise and Shine, broad chats with real women in small business. We explore the wisdom, stumbles, and wins of females who are carving out their own path in the free fall of business ownership. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. Hey, Stacey. Thank you for joining me on Rise and Shine. You're a business coach for women in business. You're a social media legend, building your expertise since back in the MySpace days. And you're a seasoned marketer with so much to, to teach. You're all about simplifying things and keeping it fun. So over to you. Tell us about you, who you are, what you do, who for, what lights you up. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, first of all, just happy to be here on your podcast. We've been Instagram friends for a while and um, love to support people when they launch a new podcast too, because I remember how that feels. So I'm over a hundred episodes deep in my own podcast now, but I remember that feeling of the first few episodes and the first couple of interviews. So happy to be here to support you, Rach. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm Stacey. I'm a business coach and I, I would, I kind of say I'm a bit more of a online business coach. Like I help people with social media, um, you know, anything to do with online business, online courses, digital products, you know, running their business in the online space. Um, it's just kind of my jam. I just, you know, I, I love it. Like, like I think you mentioned in one of my bios, like I've been online since MySpace. That definitely shows my age, but, um, <laughs> it shows your experience, your expertise. Um, but yeah, that's, that's who I am. And that's what I do in a, in a business capacity. Who I work with is mostly women and a lot of mums. I think they're just drawn to me because that's, I'm that person too. Um, and you know, mostly service-based businesses are the sort of women that I work with, mostly because I think e-com ladies need a specialist in e-com. Um, and I want to make sure they get that right support. But if they're obviously, you know, um, pivoting and stuff into, you know, courses and, and things like that, then obviously, you know, I can definitely help them. Um, on a personal level, I have two daughters, one's in high school, which is a totally different stage of life. Mm. And <laughs> one's just about to finish primary school this year. Um, and I live in northern New South Wales, which is a beautiful part of the world. And um, I'm a country girl at heart, so don't usually find me wearing high heels. I'm usually at the beach or <laughs> at the pub in a pair of thongs or something. Yeah. And trackies when you're working from home. Trackies like in winter. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely a frog. I hate winter. I prefer summer. Mm, I know. I much prefer the warmer months too. It's so hard to get going when it's cold. <laughs> um, so as a mum, I guess you feel what a lot of us feel, which is, you know, that mum guilt, like, it's not that you're going off to work for someone else. You're working for yourself and, oh, but I need to do, be here for my children and do this and do that. Like the mum business guilt is so heavy on a lot of us a lot of the time. Oh, so bad, yeah. How do you handle it? It's like it's such a battle. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy, the mum guilt <laughs> that we have as business owners because for a lot of women, the reason we work for ourselves and from home is to be around more. But then we soon realise that, yeah, our business still needs a bit of our time. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes those two, you know, the the mum life and the business life overlap, but not very well mm. <laughs> often. So, but I think like 
I have a saying, I call it strategic imbalance. Like there's going to be times where you have to spend more time on your business and there's going to be times where you have to spend more time on your kids because true business just doesn't, true business, true balance just doesn't really (laughs) exist. Um, And so I think that, yes, you can set yourself up. I mean, it's easy for me. My kids are at school. I've got six hours a day. They're at school. And saying that in the last two years with COVID, that hasn't been the case as much as I would have liked to. I feel you. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think I've got the structure to have a, a decent routine. People that have got younger kids, it's a little bit harder. And sometimes you do feel like you're only chipping away at little bits when they're mm. occupied for half an hour. Yes. Um, but I think just remember that you're doing the best that you can. And if you can set yourself up as much as possible to have a routine, it definitely helps. It helps you and it helps the kids too. Um, and, you know, outsource things. If, if you can, like I outsource the housework, I get a cleaner in to do those things because then at least when I'm not working on my business, I am spending time with the kids because I'd rather be doing either of those two things than doing the housework. But, you know, it comes in roundabouts and there are going to be times where you spend more time on your kids and your clients have to understand. And that's okay too. Hmm. Um, I think just letting, letting go of your own expectation yes. is a huge one because we're our own biggest critics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of that. But yeah, definitely having a, if you can try and have a good routine, it really sets you up and sets you up to be able to say to the kids too, this is what I have to do now. Like mum's got to work now, but later on we'll go and do this. And then everyone's on the same page and there's clarity for everyone too. Yes. Hard to stick to a routine, but if you can try and have some structure, I think, I know for me that definitely is what helps. Yes, true. And I think it's also about, I guess when it, when it is hard, like for me, the guilt, I, I always try and like kick myself and, and say, you're doing this so you can have that, um, that flow, I guess. Cause it's not, as you said, it's a strategic imbalance. It's not always yeah. about, Oh, this time here, this time here and time blocking because it doesn't always work like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you do have that flexibility, but it's also showing your children that I'm agile and I can do this it for is. you and this for me and it all is going to, fit in and work and it's give and yeah. take. And look, motherhood isn't about you doing everything for them no. either. So, you know, we've got to set those expectations too. And I think we feel guilty because we we want to be doing more, but we're only one person. We feel guilty because we want to be doing everything for them, but we don't have to be doing everything for them. And it's also good to show them a work ethic and, you know, they're where a at this day and age, there's more women working from home than ever before, and I think we've got an opportunity to show them how that can work. Yes. Yeah. It feels a little bit like we're the, I don't know, the vanguard of the working yeah. from home generation. Like we are paving the way and, and picking our own path and how we want to do it and showing them. You're totally right. Yeah. And I don't want my kids to think to grow up thinking I was a superwoman. I want them to know that I, I was able to do a lot of things, but I'm also human because it will allow them to be human too. Yes, that yes. is, that's kind of against the thinking, the culture that we live in. But yeah, you're right. Cause we're not super women. We're just yeah. doing our thing. Yeah. The best we can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've never worked with a, a, an online business coach before. I think I'm just kind of learning the potential of teaming up with one, but what qualities should we be looking for in the one we choose? I feel like choosing an, a business coach. Of, of any kind is a pretty intimate thing to let yeah. someone in to your business and to your brain and it's a big step to take so yeah what kind of qualities should we be looking for in one 
I think like ultimately their values have to align to yours. Um, I think that's probably the, the biggest one is, you know, looking at like how do they market themselves, you know, if the way they market themselves is going to be a very clear indication of how they're going to teach you how to do it too, you know. So um, looking at, you know, what's the the social proof that they're giving you of their method Mm -hmm. in their own, the way that they do things, it's going to be definitely very telling. Um, And like, what are your, what are some of your values? Like, you know, is leadership or community or inclusivity and diversity? Like, what are some of your core values? And does that coach display some of those values? Because when you've got, as a coach, when your values align with the person that you're working with, it makes it so much easier to be able to develop strategies that are in line with those values. Now, obviously, you're going to have a few things that are different there and a few beliefs or values that aren't quite exactly the same. But if the core ones there are quite similar, it makes it easier for you to work with them and for them to work with you um, because you're on the same page about those really important things. You know, yes. like if you want to be really transparent in your marketing, look for a coach who's transparent in their marketing mm-hmm. because that's going to, they're obviously going to be able to show you how to do that in the most effective way. Um, so definitely values, um, look at how they're doing it their own way. And then I think when I say proof, I wouldn't say go and like necessarily stalk their testimonials and believe everything is gospel because everyone puts the best testimonial on their website. Let's be perfectly honest about that. (laughs) But definitely look for some form of social proof. Like, you know, have do they do, you know, if they do live streams, do they ever have any of their clients on a live stream? Or A lot of coaches will do things like that. Although if they're on other podcasts, a lot of coaches will be on podcasts or even have their own or blogs or something. Like have they got some sort of social proof for their method or their strategy or, you know, the way that they interact with people that you can kind of stalk and have a get a feel for? Mm-hmm. Um, and then really like book in a call with them and 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 chat to them. You don't have to make a decision on the spot about who you work with. People pressure you to, like I would run to be honest. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> um, you know, have a chat to them and get a feel for them and, you know, see if they think that, see if you think that they're going to be that person, but they're the three things definitely I would do. Yeah. That makes sense. It's kind of all about the vibe, like just how yeah. you feel. So when it comes to values, what are yours then? Um, well, probably the three I listed would probably be my yeah. highest, like leadership. Um, and, you know, when I say leadership, it's like, you know, how are they leading their people? Like, what am I going to be able to absorb from them about good le- good leadership and effective leadership? Um, community, because, you know, uh, community is a really core value of mine and inclusivity and diversity as well. Um, yes. They'd be my three core ones. So if I've got a coach that can kind of meet me at least, you know, 80% of the way on those three core values, then I we're usually always a good fit. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. your background is in finance, isn't it? It's yeah. so different to where you stand now. So totally. can you tell us how did you get from there to here? So, yeah, so although like the the thing that I did, like the industry was very different in the sense that it was finance, I was essentially still doing the same thing. So most of the time, when I was in there, I was either in people leadership, 
So coaching, learning and development and growing a team. Ah. Um, or I was in specialist sales of some sort. So um, I was a home finance manager for a little while. I did portfolio management for small businesses and spent a lot of my time in branches that were in small business areas as well. So I spent a lot of time in small business community um, while I was in that industry. So, yeah, it was a lot of people leadership, sales coaching, you know, community, you know, networking and things like that. Yes, it was teaching people you know, how to sell a home loan or how to sell a credit card or whatever it was at the time. But the process is still very much the same. It's just applied to something different, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what made you, like, leave that and start out doing this? So it kind of got to a point, oh, I'm just trying to think, it would have been after Marley started school and I was just like, okay, what's my next thing going to be? Because I can't stay here forever. I didn't want to be micromanaged forever and just some of the values of a larger organization just weren't, weren't what they used to be to yeah. me. And I like, don't get me wrong. I loved my time working there um, and made some great friends and learned some incredible business skills as well. So mm-hmm. it was all for a really good purpose. Um, but yeah, I think where it was going wasn't where I wanted to go. And I just kind of, I don't know, I'd always been good at blogging and just kind of understood social media really well and had a few people say, oh, why don't you help me with my social media? And so I just started kind of, you know, just tinkering around and helping them with their pages and put up a couple of ads here and there. And it like just I really just had a natural knack for it. So then I just started to do some a bit of study. I didn't do a certification or anything like I don't actually have a certification in social media or anything, but um I just, I did like a lot of research, like short courses, things like that to build up my knowledge of the actual platforms and how they work. Um, yeah. And then when, you know what, I can actually do this and get paid. Yes, you totally can. I don't have to do this for free. (laughs) Wow. I think a lot of us are. Oh, sorry. Go on. I took a leap of faith basically. Yes. (laughs) That was the case for me too. Definitely taking a leap of faith and like, realizing copywriting is an actual job like I'd always done it as part of like marketing executive roles and normal marketing career but to realize oh this is a job title and I can make a business out of this like yeah it's it's there's so much faith required I think at the start and then a different kind of faith like as you continue but yeah that's incredible that you just were like okay yep I can do this (laughs) yeah I, I think the lesson is don't be afraid to explore a natural talent yes Yes. You know, if you've got a natural talent, explore what that looks like. Like I love writing too. I have always had people saying, could you write my social media captions for me? And I've never wanted to, but lately I've been writing some content for clients and I'm loving it. Uh And it's like, I always steered away from doing that because I'm like, no, I do strategy and coaching. I don't do, (laughs) I don't do the writing, you know, but I'm like, hang on a minute. I do actually have a natural talent for this. Why wouldn't I help a client do it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. It's awesome that you can just follow your, follow wherever you want to go, you know? Yes. The cool thing about business ownership. Your thing is getting all that SEO copy into, into it all. And that's, you know, I'm definitely, SEO just does my head in. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't want to understand it, but like, I love that you, it's your thing. Yeah. And so when you did start out, um, and you were kind of just feeling your way, did you have a strategy or did you just kind of wing it? How did it work? How did it feel? 
I had a basic strategy, but I'll be honest, most of my first year was winging it. Like it was just like, okay, I've set this thing up. I need to make money. Now what am I going to do? (laughs) I learned a lot from trial and error. I wouldn't necessarily recommend everyone else learn as much as I did from trial and error, but (laughs) I'm definitely one of those people. I, I learn. It's actually a way that I learn is to do something and figure it out myself. So it, you know, that kind of process does, I don't mind it so much, but um, my, my basic strategy was to set up a couple of group coaching programs and to try and test them. And obviously to try and test a few different services to see which ones I wanted to land on. That was really my core strategy in the first 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I achieved that. Um, but I, I did burn out a lot from doing it. And if going back, I wish I'd maybe had a little bit more structure into what I was doing. Um, but, you know, I think that's normal for most people. Mm. Yes, totally. And you, you do try, of course, try different things and figure out, no, that's not the way or it's not what I want. Or maybe that is really profitable, but it doesn't bring me any joy. So I'll go this way instead. Yeah. It's just give it a go and <laughs> see how, like how you roll basically. And this is my fourth year in business. And I mean, two of those years were COVID. So it's been a, like, it's been a journey. Totally. It's like mountains to climb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so glad that COVID is mainly behind us. And let's hope that's the end of pandemics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Painful. Um, so what about like another, another mum who's in a job that they feel zero love for probably corporate life? And they dream of running their own business. Like that's a scary kind of chasm to to cross. What advice would you give her? Yeah, I actually have a friend who's doing this at the moment. So she's been in her job for a very long time. She feels very secure in her job. And there's a lot of fear around that. Oh, my God, I'm going to go from this security to um, I don't. How, how, like, sometimes you can't understand how you're going to make the money to make it work. Yes. You know, like that's most people's biggest fear, but then it's also combated with the fact that you're kind of sitting there too going, I don't know if I can actually do this for another five to 10 years. Like, is this going to destroy my soul? <laughs> doing this thing. Um, and I think you, like, from what I've seen from most people, it, there's a tipping point, like, right? Like there's a tipping point where you can go, okay, I can keep going and going and going at this. But then you get to a point where you're like, I really can't, I can't do this for another five to 10 years. And then you kind of know I've got to do something about it. I would say to those people, if you can feel like you're at that tipping point where it's like, I don't think I can do this for another five to 10 years, consider what skills you've got mm. and don't put business ownership off the table. Yes. Because you may explore another avenue and you may get into another, you know, PAYE job that you love. And that's awesome. Like business ownership is not the be all and end all, despite what some people might tell you. It's actually, it's hard. There are times it's hard, but there's times where it's friggin' awesome too. Um, <laughs> definitely. What are your passions? What are your skills? What are your natural skills? What qualifications do you have? Mm-hmm. And just don't put business ownership off the table because it's not as hard as you think it is, but it it is an adjustment. 
Mm. Yes, it's amazing actually to be in business ownership. But yeah, there were definitely hard times. But in my journey, not as hard as the ones I had in corporate life. And even when the times are shit, (laughs) it's like there's more reason to get through it and to figure your way out because you're in business for you not yeah. to be paid by the man. So there's just yes. just more purpose, I guess. And um, most people I know in business love what they're doing. So mm. it is, even though, yes, you might have weeks where it's really busy and you're juggling all the things, You've there's so much satisfaction in that. Totally, there is. Um, I think also, but I guess like hustle culture is, something that comes to bite us all in the backside at some point yeah. in our business journey. And I kind of like, I'm very anti-hustle. That's bad language here, <laughs> hustle culture. But I know you've been caught up in that six, seven figure business hype, like a dream that they sold you. Where does yeah. this idea come from? Uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's, I mean, there's, there's lots of people out there in the online space. And I think that's another thing is when you get into business, you've got to really, and look, sometimes you'll listen to people maybe you shouldn't have listened to, I don't know, but you've got to figure out like what what does it look like for you and be very clear on your own vision, like connect to your vision of what that looks like and be okay with it. So for some women, having your own business is being able to have the flexibility to go on a family holiday whenever you want to and pay for the kids' school fees. Like awesome. If that's If that's your goal and that's your vision, own that vision. It doesn't have to be more or less than that. If your vision is to have a six or seven figure business, then awesome. Go and own that vision too. Like I'm not saying it's a bad vision to have. I'm just saying you don't need to listen to that hype that you can make it what you want to be. And we've talked about this on like on Instagram before that, you know, your business can be whatever it wants to be. Mm. You know, if you love doing one on serving a small group of one-on-one clients and you're making enough money to be profitable and have a happy and good life, that is a successful business. You know, success isn't defined by the income, I guess, is probably what I'm trying to say. And I did get caught up in that for a little while. I think, you know, particularly when you get into that world of building online courses and stuff, there's that whole, you know, six-figure launch and, you know, this big dream of doing all those things. And then you kind of realize you've got yourself into a 50-hour work week trying to have these six-figure launches and you go, this was not the dream no. I bought into. <laughs> Did not look the same as the 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 the, the, the brochure. No, <laughs> not what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, connect to your own vision. What does owning a business look for, like for you? What do you want to get out of it and and own that? And be proud of it. And when people online try to tell you that it should be a different vision, just don't listen. (laughs) Yes. I always say, you know, it comes back to just following your gut. And, again, the vibe, like we talked about before, like if that doesn't feel like you, then don't chase that. It's like we're here to do things our way. Like, yes, make up our rules, follow our journey, and create our own path. We're not here to... Like there is actually no rule book in business ownership, is there really? No, no. And is- sometimes that's the, that can be where I think sometimes people get unstuck because it's like there is no rule book. You've got to make your own rule book. So I find business is more and more about, you know, connecting to yourself and what you want. 
which for women can be hard to do because we're taught for so long to look after other people. (laughs) That is it. That is the crux of it. (laughs) Oh, man, so much pressure. But, you know, it's like a muscle. The stronger you – the more that you work on tuning into yourself and what's right for you and what you need in business and as a a human, as a mum, as a woman – the stronger you are in all those areas. So you just got to work that muscle and get it strong and tune out the noise. Yeah, Uh, and that's the thing is that those muscles you build do flow over into other parts of your life. Like I'm a better person for having a business, 100%. Really? Why do you say that? What's different? Well, like it's taught me, you know, I've worked so much on myself and some of the skills I've learned have helped me become a better mother. I've, I've been opened up to so many different people and, so many different, you know, their beliefs and thought processes and ways that they do things. It's really, it's enriched me, I think, as a person and, you know, has, it's, you know, I've read so many different books and, you know, even on my podcast, talked to so many different people from different walks of life. And it's definitely, I think it's definitely opened me up to be a more, I don't think well-rounded is the the right word, but a more enriched person than if I just stayed in my own little corner of the world, going to my job every day and going home and that was it. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same. It's like, you're just a better, I don't know. I know what you mean. It's not well-rounded. It's just you're molding yourself in the way that you want rather than in the way the world tells you to. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. Um, So what's, I know you're big on like working in your flow, giving hustle cop to the finger. (laughs) What kind of things can we do to tune into our flow and kind of work in alignment with ourselves? Because even if you think like this often, like you and I and others might, you can still get caught in that trap. So I don't know, any tips to help us kind of tune into that flow? Yeah, I, it's, I I would say, this is the way most people kind of understand it is what's your natural energy state. So some people will be better in the morning. Some people will be better in the afternoon. Some people might have a a slump at three o'clock. Some people might, you know, hit the wall at mid morning or, you know, like everyone's got times of the day where energetically you, you're good or you're not good. And I always say like, go with that first. Like I'm a morning person. So I try and set up as much as I can to do in the morning because I'm a morning person by four o'clock in the afternoon, my brain's dead and you are not going to get anything decent out of me. <laughs> yep. Me too. I finished work right. at about three and I'm like, cause the children are coming home and I'm like, well, yeah. I'm done anyway. So that's fine. My brain just cannot function. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think everyone's got a natural energy flow, but I think the other, like the other flip side of that is what helps you get into the right energy as well. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying you have to get up and have a green smoothie at four o'clock in the morning and, you know, <laughs> meditate to the sun or whatever it is and have a miracle morning. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what, is, what are the routines that help you get into a good state? So like I, you know, I go to the gym at the moment. I do that in the morning. You know, if, when I was walking, I go for a walk first thing in the morning. Sometimes in the afternoon, if I'm hitting that slump, I might just go for a walk around the block because, like, fresh air and being in nature helps me. That's yes. what invigorates me. Some people don't like to do that. Some people would rather put a meditation in their on their headphones and sit down for five minutes. Like, okay. some people might like to have a cup of coffee. Like, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. But mm. what helps you 
get into that state. And then I think the last thing in terms of working in flow is flow is great, but we can't just do what we want to do all the time. We've got to have a structure and a strategy and a process. So having those strategies and those processes there, they're like a scaffold Mm. to support you. Um, And that's also really important. Not getting, not letting your, your routine be the undoing of you either. Like you don't have to be stuck to it rigidly, but having some sort of structure will help. Yes. Yes. I can see how that works. And probably when I think about my own business life, yeah, I can see how all those things, I've got all those layers. So yeah, but yeah, it does take a bit of time to, I guess, figure out and basically tune in and acknowledge what you need, what you're feeling and what works for you and what doesn't. And if you've been working a job where it's like, I go here Monday, Thursday, Friday on these times for this this many hours and I do this at this time, you probably haven't had the luxury to be able to tap into that before. Yes, you're right. Because in the corporate life or that nine to five, you you just got to turn it on and do it between nine to five when that might not actually work with your brain or. Yeah. So it is a, a bit of self-exploration, which can be hard if you haven't had the luxury or the opportunity to do it before. But once you figure it out, you know, you know, you know what your flow is and you just work to that. Yep. Yep. You find your truth and you live it. Yep. 100%. I think that's, I think that, you know, a lot of us struggle with how much of, of that true self, of our real self we should show on social media. I mean, you're a social media strategist and a coach. Um, there's so much judgment and fear for us on social media that if we show our real selves or the things we like or, you know, without even without a filter, like, there's just, we're just, I guess, afraid. Like, so do you think we should be showing up as our full selves on socials? Now, this is an interesting question because some experts will say um, that it should, your business profile should just be your business and you should not talk about anything else, mm. Right. I would say, I would say who is your audience and what parts of you would they like to see? Because you don't have to share all of yourself, right? Like I don't share everything about myself on my profile, but I am very open as well at the same time. But I share the things that I know are going to help my audience feel seen help them identify with me and also show a little bit of my personality. Like I'm naturally a very sarcastic person who loves humor. That's just me default setting. So I'm going to be like that because that's who I am and that's who they're going to work with. If I was trying to be someone that I'm not, when someone comes to work with me, they're going to get a completely different, they won't get what they bought basically. So I do think we need to show our true personality, like we should not try and be someone that we're not, particularly if you're in a one-to-one service delivery, because the person that they work with is not going to be the person that they buy if you're trying to be someone that you're not. But you also don't have to share everything about yourself. Some people will, and that's totally fine. Like if you want to share all the gory details of your life, go for it. But you don't have to do that either. Just the bits that you're comfortable with and I think the bits that allow your audience to connect with you, they're the most important ones. So like I share a lot about, you know, juggling mum life and business because my audience have kids and they identify with that. But there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't share either. (laughs) 
because they wouldn't identify with it because it's 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 parts of me that uh, I guess aren't really relevant yeah and yeah, yeah that's a really good measure what you've said just there because yeah I think if you don't show enough of yourself you don't build that that trust and you don't have that authenticity and that and that transparency especially for service businesses um who are a lot of the ones I work with and that you work with it's it is human to human it's um it's not add to cart it's let's have a call let's see if we're a good fit and yeah. then let's work together and you it's it's, it's quite intimate so yeah. yeah you've got to I do think you have to show a bit of yourself but it's as you said, with those two measures, figuring out how much of your life you want to put out there and how much of your personality. Um, but yeah, I know that there's just so much judgment and fear around that. So I think that it, it is, and it can be scary, like it totally can be, but I think that I've never seen an example of someone not going all in and showing their personality in their marketing that hasn't had a direct positive impact from that. Mm. Like yeah. I've not seen an example where it's gone badly for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can agree with you. I can't, in fact, I can't think of anyone, <laughs> but it is, it is tempting to, you know, in the world of social media to keep looking over your shoulder at the other, other lanes and compare yourself to others. So do you have any tips for dealing with comparisonitis? That little bitch. <laughs> that hurts us all sometimes. <laughs> I, I think we, the, I find that we compare ourselves more to a version of ourselves that isn't real mm. often than other people. And it's just that sometimes we can see evidence of that in other people and we yes. go, oh, I'd love to be like her because she gets to do that or I'd love to be like this person because they get to do that. But I think it's ultimately it's like a version of ourselves that we haven't reached yet or maybe just isn't realistic um, and we're compare a lot of the time we're comparing ourselves to that or we're comparing ourselves to the like the Stacey in business five years from now and it's like I'm not her yet I've got to go through the next five years to get there um but you know when you start out it's it's I'm not going to say it's easy to turn it off because it's not no way <laughs> and I think you would agree with you I still do it I think we all still do it I think it's acknowledging when you are doing it and going, okay, hang on a minute. Am I comparing apples with apples? Like, you know, like for example, I'm 43 this year. I have two children. I, I am not going to dance around on Instagram. It's just not going to happen. It's not something I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> not, not one star rating on Google. Do, do not going to do that. But some, like when, if I compare myself to, you know, some of these girls in their twenties who, Go for gold. They look so good. Like, honestly, I love watching their reels and stuff. It's just not something I'm going to do. So that's cool. I don't have to do that and I don't have to compare myself to them. Yes. Because we're not the same people. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when I get tripped up at comparisonitis. That's what I always tell myself. You're not her. You're not him and you're not following that path. You're following this one. Yeah. And this is where you want to be. So just focus on that and yeah. do it your way. Yeah. Okay. I've got one, one last question. You've got five minutes to chat with another woman in small business who's feeling stuck about getting started or making her next move. What advice would you give her? Oh, what advice would I give her? Um, 
I, to be honest, I would probably ask her what is it that she really wants because getting stuck around getting started on something or making the next move is usually an indication that it couldn't be in alignment with your, your ultimate goals. Um, or it could be an indication that um, you do have some sort of, you know, either a you know, maybe you do need to go and work on your strategy or you need to go and work on your, you know, something like that to help you have the confidence to get started as well. Um, so yeah, I, I would, but the first thing I would say is what is it that you really want and what's that vision? Um, and is, and then try and work out, okay, well, what, why are you feeling stuck? Is it in alignment with your vision? Is it that you don't have the confidence to make that next step? And in which case, where's that lack of confidence coming from? Is it coming from, you know, maybe some limiting beliefs you need to work on, on you, with yourself? Or is it because, you know, maybe there's some underlying strategy that we need to nut out to give you the confidence to support you to take that next step? Mm. That would be my five-minute conversation. Yeah, I love yeah. that because confidence is what carries us, isn't it? It's like like we talked about at the start. It's that faith you take kind of to leap out and, and start your business and then the faith you rely on to pull yourself back in line when you're making big decisions or if you're comparing yourself or feeling imposter syndrome or whatever it is. Um, yeah, confidence is a major factor, isn't it, in your success yeah. as a business owner? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, confidence isn't something you just ultimately just snap your fingers and give yourself. Like you've got to work on that, whether you work on yourself or you work on the strategies that you've got to support you. Um, but, yeah, there's work that has to be done. To, yes. to have that confidence for sure yeah that's exactly right it's a lot of work but it pays off in the end doesn't it being totally. in business totally. awesome thank you Stacey I'm so happy that you uh opened up and could share all this advice it's really cool and just to swap stories is um so invaluable so where can we go to hear more from you and find out more about working with you yeah, so um, you will find me, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram um, at Stacey Marie Coaching. Um, I'm on Instagram the most. It's my preferred platform to hang out on. So definitely come over and follow me. If you want to have a chat, just shoot me a DM. I actually answer all of my DMs personally. It is not a robot that replies to you. <laughs> Um, and I do have a podcast of my own, the Social Hub podcast. It's got over a hundred episodes. So, um, if you, you know, want to go and have a little bit of a snoop about what my vibe is like, you'll get a very clear indication <laughs> over on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you. Legend. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Head to your podcast player, leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave, business-minded women like you. You can find me online at shinecopy.com.au.